Hello, I'm Andrew Gentile. And I'm Mariana. And you're listening to Behind the Flicks. This show is all about me sharing as many facts as I know about filmmaking and directors and behind-the-scenes info about movies and whatnot to Ariana. And you'll join us for the ride. Our guest today is a screenwriter and graduate of the New York Film Academy. He has interned at XYZ Films and Aperture Entertainment, and we're thrilled to have him on today's episode. Please welcome Mikhail Egelhofer. Mikhail, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Really good, excited to be here. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing wonderfully, thank you. A uh, little nervous, a little nervous. Uh, for, for those, uh, I edited out the, uh, why well, I mispronounced uh, Mikhail's name, so... Uh, <laughs> so take two on that one. Trust me, I'm not the first. <laughs> well, uh, I'll do. I'll I'll uh, try my best. Mikhail, uh, would you be able to share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was born in Thailand. Um, my mom's actually Malaysian, and my father's English and German. Uh, I moved about twenty-four times. Uh, seven countries five states uh and i'm moving back to london in a month actually um oh my gosh why did you move so much (laughs) um (laughs) part of it was my dad's job uh and then part of it was i was a little bit of a troubled teen and uh, then after that it was itchy feet and and at a certain point i didn't know how to stay in one place yeah i went to the university of edinburgh for my undergrad and uh, I think I mentioned this in an email, but uh, in my first week, uh, I was I was hung by a group of racists yeah. and impaled. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's, there's a scar here. Um, and so fell into... So this is going to be very deeply personal. My apologies. If that's... No, no, no. Share whatever you want to share. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm here for you. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm very open about it. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I woke up in the morning with a, a broken nose, my skin flapping around and then just my underwear and fractured ribs and a concussion. Um, and so I kind of spent the next several years just drinking myself into oblivion um, and eventually got sober uh, and came out to LA uh, to, to try and actually do something I enjoyed for once. Because I think once, once I got sober, I realized, oh, I ate everything I'm doing with my um, and yes, yeah, so I started, uh, an MFA program out here, screenwriting. Um, and it was awesome. I like called my parents after the first week of classes being like, Hey, did you, did you know you can like enjoy what you do every day? Uh, and I'm like, yes, dumbass. So like, that's what we've been trying to tell you for years. Um, and then, yeah, I graduated in August. Uh, I've got a couple projects, um, going i have a limited series i'm working on uh that i optioned um obviously not working now during the strike but um and then i've done a few rewrites and i have a web series episode that's in post-production that's awesome that's a decent little list for somebody fresh off graduation i mean you really went for it yeah i uh one of the benefits of having spent six or seven years sort of as an addict and alcoholic is you get to uh come out of it and being like, oh, I just, I'm going to do all the work now. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> replace it with that instead. Uh, yeah. And so what made you want to pursue uh, the screenwriting path? Uh, it's funny. My uh, my mom was the one who actually suggested it. Because she was like, you're miserable. 
um, why not, if you're going to try, keep, because I tried a few different things, you know, I was, did the psychology thing, I worked for a charity, I uh, was a trainee teacher for primary school kids at one point, um, and and none of them fit, and she, she pointed out how much I love TV and film, which is the one you actually tried to and I, I noticed that, like, I, I found it really interesting the way people's, like, perceptions work and change over time and, like, what that makes means for a story. Yeah. Um, so, like, I the, the one that I use now, like, to bring up a, an example that sort of I already mentioned, uh, at the time when I got hung, it was, like, the worst experience of my life. Yeah. But without that, I don't get sober. I don't meet my current partner. I don't, fi- like, find this career. Um and and it's not possible without that and so uh i i i love the idea that there's just all this cool stuff that's so much more complex than it seems in the moment and you can like try and explore that with with stories and yeah uh, the hero's journey exactly exactly uh plus i'm not really very good at anything else so <laughs> i feel the same way about me yeah <laughs> i can relate if you don't mind my asking, uh, so you you decide to go to the New York Film Academy, uh, ha- but like, okay, so how do you get from the New York Film Academy to having these projects in development? So uh, I went to the LA campus. And, yeah. And one of the things that we had- uh, and I didn't realize there was more than one campus. Yeah, no, no, I know. I, I'm a little- Opposite the- country here i know right it's it's you say new york film academy and then you say in la and everyone gets really confused Um, but uh it's all shit yeah so we had a pitch fest at the end of the course um and so we invited a bunch of people from uh agencies and production companies and management companies um and a few things happened from that i i pitched to a bunch of people and so i got a few read requests couple of agencies and i also met tracy who you both know uh, yeah i know she's great and i uh I, she, she's friends with uh, one of my classmates and so uh my classmate introduced me and, and i emailed her i think a week later being like hey can we go grab coffee yeah. and it was meant to be like 30 minutes and we ended up spending eight hours just talking and like, like holy mackerel um yeah we could but copy and paste that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our reading of Tracy too. Exactly. So well, wonderful and like willing to give her time. It's cool. Then. Yeah. And especially we have similar experiences. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, she's, re- and she's really good and really open to reaching out. And, and so through that, like I started talking to her and at the same time, um, the, uh, a friend was looking for a script option right, for his course and for his pitch fast. And so I, um, I optioned it to him, uh, cause at the time nothing was happening with it. Um, and then he, he got someone at Verve interested. And so we had a meeting in that and converting that pilot into a limited series. Tracy and I started talking about projects that we could work on. And, um, I actually put a script on the blacklist website. Nice. And before it had been evaluated, I got like a phone call, uh, from someone who downloaded it and read it. And he was just like, yeah, like, are you interested in working on this treaty or for a feature in the works? And so I did that. I don't think it's gone anywhere, but, um, yeah, 
So lots of lots of just like odd little moments trying to find ways to bring in. <laughs> I mean, but that's how it usually starts, right? You just find all of the pockets that you could, you know, donate your work to or put your work into and hope that something gets attention. And I'm sure there's so many people that never get their stuff pulled. And that's really cool that you were able to, you know, snag some some uh, notice from people in the industry. Yeah, it's it's so weird. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can both understand this very much. Like, it, it's very hard because you, you it's just constant ups and downs. Um, and I'm not like a mentally stable person anyway. Like I'm very, um, me either. Yep. <laughs> um, and so it, it's, it's so weird how like one morning you can wake up feeling like you're going nowhere. And then, you know, one thing happens and suddenly you feel like you're on top of the world and then it collapses and you're back at the bottom and it's just constant. Um, yeah. But also it's a lot more exciting. Um, yeah. Entertaining. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. To go back for a second, uh, for the listeners at home, can we explain who Tracy is? So Tra- Tracy is a producer at Red Siren Entertainment. Um, and so she co-founded the company. She's based in Los Angeles. Ariana, can we get a review of this episode's film? This episode's film. I think that most people should be aware are already aware of this film it was up for tons of awards and things the year it was released it's whiplash uh couldn't i don't know the director um but it's a fantastic film about a boy who's going to a music academy i'm assuming it's like collegiate uh, music academy i don't think it's like high school and um he there's like two levels of music class by different teachers in the upper music classes um the teacher's name is fletcher is extremely intense and really pushes his students to extremes to try to see their talent. And it's about his journey through trying to become one of the greatest uh, drum sim- symphonic. Is that the word? Drummer? Symphony, symphony drummer. Uh, jazz band and, drummer, maybe? Jazz band symphony. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they weren't too specific in the movie, which is great because, you know, if you're going to see that movie, you should be a little bit aware. And if you don't, then you don't need to be aware. They do it all for you is fantastic very well made very well written very well acted um not a huge cast which is lovely and um very subtle which i love in a drama and i uh i loved this one i would give this one if i had to grade this movie i would probably give it like an a minus um it's minus because the ending always like i get the pinpoint and the impact of what they did at the ending but because i'm a simpleton i like movies to be easily complete and this one left me hanging just a little bit so it, it it's an a minus but it's pretty flawless otherwise mikhail uh response yeah uh so uh first of all it was directed by damien chazelle thank you who I'm I'm personally a big fan of. He's also done obviously La La Land and Me too. Um, yeah, first uh, man. Yeah, first man. I I still have to see that. Actually, I still haven't seen that, which is a damn shame. That's genuinely one of my top twenty favorite movies ever. Okay, I will definitely. Whatever that's worse. All right, awesome. I um, okay. So for context, Whiplash is one of my like top three films personally. 
ever. Like I, I love that film so much. Um, and I, and I love the script. Uh, I think it's a really, really written I agree with you. It's like, it's very subtle and it's got a lot of really great subtle moments. Like, uh, the, the thing that I, I just watched it today, again, before, uh, coming on here, um, Fletcher pronounces his name wrong the entire movie. Uh, uh, at the beginning when he's introduced he introduces himself as Andrew Neyman. And then for the rest of the movie, he's referred to as Neyman, uh, by Fletcher, like small, tiny things that are like, uh, great details me um uh but uh yeah i i i personally love the ending and i understand why people don't um <laughs> i'm a big fan of like nah you don't have to wrap it all like in a tight bow uh i think it just like you you see you and then your mind can like run away with the rest um especially like they talk so much in the movie about like charlie parker um and how he like died and and alone without friends, but you know one of the greatest drummers in history. It kind of lets the audience like imagine that without having to show it. Um, the the cast is awesome. I so I I don't know if this is something you were planning on bringing up, Andrew. So I'd, um, it started. I can just, just cut it out if it's <laughs> right. Right. No, the joys of editing. I, you know, less knowledgeable in any way. Just. I, I I cut around the guests. That's I figured that that'll bring them back. Awesome. Um, yeah, it it started as a short film. That's uh, uh, because no one thought they could make a movie about jazz drumming exciting. Um, and so David Chazelle made a proof of concept, and it still has J.K. Simmons, but it's a different lead actor, and I can't remember his name. I I got that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But it's the exact same scene. It's 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 the exact. It's like a it's one scene from the film, uh, and they film as a proof of concept. It's funny, like it, you're you're absolutely right in, in calling it a drama, and yet, like in a lot of ways, to me, they almost make it like a horror. Yeah. Mm. It, it, even the opening shot, right? He's like there at the end of the hall playing the drums, and you're just like following from Fletcher's perspective, kind of like Jaws, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that definitely crossed my mind watching it. That the and it like I went away with like, what if you were to film, you know, a rom com like a drama or a drama like a, like a horror like this one did? It just really played with the mood of how you set a scene, both both visually and with music. And I I definitely agree with you that it was like I know that it's a drama, but it felt different wasn't just you know watching it yeah. unfold it, it's so cool to think about like I, I i think there's a really fun thing to have this contrast right with stories that aren't necessarily like i it's a recent example like the menu recently um was like this weird fine dining horror comedy mix type of thing uh, and I, I always think the contrast plays so much or like there's that scene in um with the Kingsman when they're in the church mm -hmm. and they're beating the crap out of everyone and they're playing like I think they're playing like Freebird or something which is not <laughs> the song you'd think to play then and yeah. for me personally the the ending was uh it, it, it kind of game changing in a way it it's kind of like um how do I explain this the ending for me personally was like uh 
exhilarating. It, le- it left on a high note, and it was kind of like, well, wh- where would the story go from here? It, it, it it's done. It's ended. And, and it's kind, it's kind of like a big finale, and then it ends, and it's kind of like, yeah, okay, that was the appropriate ending because everything's got to be downhill from there for those characters <laughs> in that abusive relationship. Um, and, and it's kind of like giving them one last moment of victory before everything's probably going to go to shit uh, for, for Andrew Neiman. I don't know. That's just my interpretation. No, and, and, by, and by the way, I just want to say this is like an A-plus movie for me, genuinely. Uh, I, I love this movie. This the, the movie was kind of like, oh, wow, this is, this is really good budget filmmaking. I mean, I mean, it, it, it was made for, well, I'll get to that later, how, how the exact amount. But uh, it was made for a very low for a Hollywood budget movie uh, with, with, with name actors in them. Now, I'm not going to say huge at the time, but you got the guy from Spider-Man, you know, was, as, uh, as, as the uh, brutal drum instructor. And but the ending, it was kind of like when I saw it, it's it's one of those endings where it's like that's against the rules, you know. <laughs> it's kind of like you have to have you have to have a falling action, and instead, so it's like no, screw that, we're just gonna stop and the, the end. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, that's probably cool. why it, it feels rickety to somebody like me because I'm like, sure, I like family feel good movies, like all, like my top three, four favorite movies are all really easy to enjoy kind of stuff. So I like when I finish a movie to go. Ah, that was good. And this one doesn't do that. It leaves you way up here in the intensity and of the moment and in your face. And then it just like closes it up. And it's cool. I think it felt like um, artistically is really brilliant. Well, and also it's it's a, a lot of movies, right? Like when they they have like a central thesis statement, right? A lot of them like this argument that they're making and Maybe this is just me, but like I feel like one of the reasons I love with Lash so much is it doesn't tell you what to think; it just asks a question, um, right? It's it, what does it take to be great, and is it worth it? And you know, from each character, you can see their opinions on it, right? Even at the very end, like uh, Naaman and Fletcher, they're both very happy with it. But if you look at his the shot of his dad. Um, was waiting in the wings he's got this like sinking look on his face because for him it's not and it, i mean you talked about the writing like you guys mentioned how, how good the writing was and like it's there in every scene right it's it that question is asked in every scene in some form spoken or unspoken and you get to see it play out without one or the other being correct necessarily um and to me, like that—that—that's the best thing a film can do. Right? Is if it can make me, like, not give me the answer, but like make me question my own answers. Yeah. Are, should we get to the facts? Yes. Awesome. Here I got my handy dandy papers. <laughs> After his feature-length debut, a black and white musical called "Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench." Writer-director Damien Chazelle, did I get that pronunciation correct? Chazelle? Okay, cool. Uh, Writer-director Damien Chazelle uh, began to shop around his script for another musical. However, that project would need to be put on hold, as his first film failed to attract attention from investors. 
So, Chazelle went to work writing a smaller project, very loosely based on his own experiences as a drumming student at Princeton High School, or rather The Pressure Felt, by Chazelle. That project became Whiplash. To back up for just a moment, uh, Chazelle loved films as a child, but decided to pursue drumming in his adolescent years. However, Chazelle went back to his original love after coming to the conclusion that he was not naturally gifted as a musician. So it's kind of like he he knew he could get kind of far in drumming, like he could gain some recognition, but he wouldn't be one of the greats. He just knew that naturally. So that's just, that's, and, and he decided to go back to filmmaking. And then he made a film about being a great drummer. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, uh, it's it's super interesting, though, because if you look at all of his films, at least all the ones I've seen, like if you look at La La Land and you look at um, uh, Babylon, they all have that undertone, like that that thematic run line of like becoming great or, or succeeding. Yeah. At like the sacrifices. Like I think all three of those films are just a different take yeah. on that central topic Mm -hmm. um which is just really cool to see because they're so different in product in final product but like they are they originate from the same question and i don't know someone who like screenwriters that's 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 always really cool to think right is what you can do how different you can make the same same. yeah the fundamental of like possibilities are endless it it rings true in any creative endeavor especially writing and it is kind of shocking how you know just a simple like central line can veer off into so many different areas and that's one of the reasons why I like films and storytelling is that it that question is like human it can be in like so many different kinds of stories from so many different perspectives and that's why I like films it kind of brings people together and helps you see something on the way somebody else lives on the other side of the world is the same question that you've asked yourself in your you know little one bedroom apartment over here so yeah I think it's very, very cool. And um, it's awesome that this guy is like doing it with so many different movies and kind of like making us pay attention to it that way. Yeah. Kind of like variations on, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I I was just going to say like variations on a theme. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, my my favorite example of like this, how things can be exactly the same and yet different uh, is Taken and Finding Nemo have the same plot. Yeah. Never thought about that, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's an overprotective dad who has to go to rescue their kid after their kid gets taken. Um, and then ultimately like, you know, learn to let them go or whatever. Like nothing about those movies is at all similar. And yet the plot is almost identical and it's amazing. Okay, I'm never going to forget that now. I never would have yeah. crossed my mind before that. <laughs> You're right. Oh God. Wow. I love it. Yeah, it, it's uh, uh, th- there are so many examples of that throughout film history of like, uh, uh, l- l- like uh, well, I-, I I can name the obvious example of how like uh, Star Wars is ba- the first half of Star Wars is basically like a remake of Hidden Fortress. But uh, anyway, that but that's more direct remake. That's that's me being very nerdy. About <laughs> I like when the nerd comes out. Absolutely, stack the on. Thank you. Well, here we go. Before the Oscar-winning version of Whiplash would come to fruition, Chazelle still had the problem of getting financing. After trying to attract investors for six months, filmmaker J.C. Reitman got a hold of the script, read it, and fell in love with it. 
Uh, Jason Reim is the director of Thank You for Smoking at Juno. His producing partner's company, Right of Way Films, and another company agreed to finance a short film version of his feature script. That second company was Blumhouse Productions. Blumhouse is most well known for producing horror films such as the Paranormal Activity series and M. Night Shyamalan Split, as well as dramas such as Jordan Peele's Get Out and Spike Lee's Black Klansman. So, figure that's a cool connection. Yeah, I love yeah. that house. No wonder it feels a little bit like a horror. Yeah, I exactly. Remember seeing it in the beginning and being like, "This is a Blumhouse picture." Yeah. What? <laughs> Kyra Kyra Bazali, if he was to even more focus on Oscar winning films, the uh, Jason Blum. Yeah. No, I mean that that that's wild because I, I I had no idea about that connection, but but it makes so much sense. Absolutely. The short film version of Whiplash is essentially an excerpt from that longer script. I've seen the short film. Uh, specifically the scene where the characters of Fletcher, the sadistic music instructor, and Andrew Neiman, an ambitious drummer, have their first practice session. That short film won the Short Film Jury Prize at the Sundance Film Festival, and the feature was able to attract financing, with investors putting in a total of $3.3 million towards its budget. Not a lot of money for a feature-length Hollywood film. No, that's nothing. Yeah, it's it's nothing. We... And the production value is so high, right? Like, yeah. it, it, I mean, the it, the film looks incredible. I, see, yeah. I think stunning. Um, and to be fair, the editing on it is a masterclass. So that's that's I'm sure part of it. But uh, yeah, no, it's that budget number always astounds me. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know, it's interesting because I listened to the uh, I listened to the. This is going to be a total side tangent for a second. I listened to the audio commentary for the movie. First of all, they, J.K. it's J.K. Simmons and Damien Chazelle, and they, they're both making fun of uh, Miles Teller for not showing up, and he's like, he's probably fell asleep in his own puke. That They keep repeating that throughout the audio commentary. Uh, that's why he couldn't make it today to the audio commentary, he fell asleep in his own puke. <laughs> uh, secondly, uh, no, but, but more to the point, <laughs> Uh, Chazelle uh, talked about how uh, he sh- he he knew he had to shoot the film on digital, which, like most filmmakers, make films on digital. He prefers film, uh, but he shot on digital, and he really leaned into the aesthetic of digital, at least the capabilities of it at that time, which were like to have yellow hues, green hues, uh, red hues, and uh, to kind of make it look a little digital. You know, not 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 organic. So he he really leaned into that. Speaking of the visual qualities of the film, yeah, and it I, it it works really well in my opinion, right? Like the because because the lighting is definitely done in a way that is not like realistic, right? It, yeah, it's got weird like I guess surreal quality to it. Um, it's a melodrama. Yeah, and which is odd, even though even though everything is so like brought up to a hundred. It feels very realistic and grounded, mm-hmm. despite all these different elements that are like, as you said, taking it to like a melodramatic place. Yeah. Um, even like the dialogue, right, is quite is quite over the top. By the uh, way, that sorry. dinner scene, woof. yeah, that was uncomfortable for me. <laughs> Can I just say for a second, I love melodramas, like from the 1950s. Like there's this director named Douglas Sirk. I'm not, by the way, when I say melodramatic, that's a compliment. I love the I love the Rock Hudson melodramas from the 1950s. So, 
I mean that as the highest praise possible, just for the listeners out there. Although J.K. Simmons would stay on to play Fletcher in the feature film, Andrew Naiman was played in the short film version by Johnny Simmons, no relation to J.K. Johnny Simmons is probably most well known for playing young Neil in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. In the short film, J.K. Simmons flubbed a line which became, quote, if you deliberately sabotage my band, I will fuck you like a pig, unquote. However, Simmons refused to repeat this mistake when filming the feature out of embarrassment. So, Chazelle and his editor took the line from the short, copied and pasted it into the feature version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's it's a great line. Like, the, yes. the version that it ends up with is better. I, yeah. Like, it's, it's so ridiculous of the statement, but it worked. Yeah. What Completely. was the original line, do you know? Uh, I... Just based on the context, I, I I don't know what the line is, but based on the context, I would say if you deliberately sabotage my band, I will uh, gut you like a pig. That's what I'm assuming. Oh. I mean, I mean, I would assume that, but I I I have no uh, source on that one. Same. Yeah, it was it was meant to be gutting you like a pig. Uh, oh, you got okay, cool. Yeah, and and it ends up being fuck you like a pig. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> that that's all the better. Yeah, and it really adds a layer of ridiculous. That, and it, it's funny that that line does stand out. Like, of all of the, um, you know, insults that he threw around, that was definitely a big one that I remember. And I think most people would remember it during the film. And it's one that J.K. Simmons wishes we wouldn't. <laughs> Too bad. The, the the dialogue in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's it's great. Because yeah, I, I think sometimes, right, you hear people express a wish for all dialogue to be like realistic and i don't think this movie has that at all. no so glad it doesn't <laughs> yeah like the dining room scene with the family right? like that back and forth it's very like i don't know like you know how iron talking characters always like instantly amazing responses um it's it's that Neyman has like these really quick like quick responses that you know witty and clever and his dad jumps in and like but it it makes the movie so much more entertaining. And at the end of the day, like that's what I'm going to see, right? Is like yes, be entertained. I don't know. It, it, it's sorry. No, 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 please go ahead. It's a dark story, and it also has to do its job of being entertainment, which is what movies are for. Right. Yeah. And thank goodness for good acting. I mean, could you imagine like a script like this with bad actors? It will oh, just be like it would be so cringy. And I'm grateful that they found, like, a perfect alchemy of people. And I really loved the dad-son relationship. Yeah, it's it, it's so... It's, I, I find it really interesting to compare the, sh- the initial short to the to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that... Uh, sorry, what was the original actor's name again? Uh, uh, looking it up George? right now, Johnny Simmons, yeah. Yeah, not to say that Johnny Simmons did a bad job. Um, it was it was a it was a different performance. It was a very good performance. Mm-hmm. But I so like uh, what Miles Teller brought to the role. This like there's this weird smugness and arrogance that leaps in, which wasn't really there in the short. Yeah. Um, and and I'm a huge fan of like when actors can do shit subtly. Uh, and 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 it, it was in spades in this movie. I think all the actors really nailed this like these subtle moments that. It's it's like giving color to a black and white picture. 
a photograph, right? Like it, it, it just adds this entirely new element and they all did such a good job. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad, uh, bad acting can just tank a movie. And, uh, that movie, whiplash is the opposite of bad acting. It's the best acting, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, I, I mean, I, I'm going to wax philosophical for a second, if I may, Please. I'm going to, I'm going to say this, this is, this is my theory. Mikhail, I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on this about narrative filmmaking, about narrative films. My feeling about narrative films is outside of the camera. Uh, the three pillars of narrative filmmaking are the writing, the acting and the editing. If those elements work, you got, you got a, at least a good film. Now, n- n- if you have sound, all the better, but you can do silent film. Uh, if, if the writing and the acting and the editing's great, you, it's 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 gonna fly. And I think th- this movie is great on, on all on all those three points. Yeah, no, I mean it's it it's excellent on those points. It's the editing was done to the music. Mm-hmm. So way the acting really brings the most out of what is already a brilliant script. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really hammers home that idea of, you know, filmmaking is collaborative. Yes. Yeah. And don't worry, like I, I, I have simultaneously got incredibly low self-confidence and massive arrogance and ego, um, which same here. I suspect as most, most people in the entertainment industry have a little bit of both. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I will go to either end where it's like, oh, like the, my script is the most amazing script I've, it's not, it'll be good sometimes or even great, but like it, it, it just can't be that good. And, and then the flip side is, you know, I, I, I've seen scripts that were not so great become amazing because of like the performances given. Um, but when everything works together, it's just, it's. Oh, it's such a privilege to see. Um, Absolutely. Uh, during the scene where Miles Teller, uh, who replaced Johnny Simmons in the feature, tackles J.K. Simmons, two of Simmons's ribs were cracked. With two days left, oh, with, with two days of left of filming, Simmons soldiered on. And well, the fractured ribs is incredibly painful. I've done it four times. Uh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, uh, it was fractured and not completely broken. But um, all four times I tried surfing, which is why I never try surfing again. Um, four separate occasions? Yeah, I, I went surfing four times and four times fractured. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm not a smart man, apparently. Uh, you gave it every chance you could. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I, 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 well, and maybe we'll cover this later, but... Um, Given this shooting schedule they had, that that must have really because that 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 lasts for like four weeks. Oh, oh we we are gonna get to that. Okay. Whiplash was shot in nineteen days, two days in New York. Yeah, two days in New York and the rest in Los Angeles. Uh, so yeah, that that was gonna be my next fact. It's it was a that's a crazy. It's bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> for a movie this quality. And by the way, I, I, I heard that a day of the filming was cut. I mean, the schedule, the schedule, I think that they were like 14 hour shooting days. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I think, I think it was cause they wanted to like get it in for the festival run. Yes. 
And I mean, okay, first of all, my, I, I don't know what day that the, the fractured ribs happened, but I can't imagine, like, you can't put it on hold. You've got to work through agony in every movement. Uh, and you're already on a schedule that's so tight. I mean, I don't know if I can... Simon, uh, while his ribs were cracked, I believe, um, is that the same thing as a fracture? I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I think, yeah. I think. I play one on TV, though. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, Simmons had two days left of filming, so five of that's worse. Still, still painful, but at, at least two days you can you can muscle clean. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of injuries and accidents, during the third week of production, Chazelle got into a car accident. His vehicle was totaled, and he was taken to the hospital with a possible concussion. To ensure the film was completed, Chazelle was back on the set the next day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It- that's crazy. You, you know, I, 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 I admire that. And it's also like, good God, that's crazy. Yeah. That's great. Well, and especially given that you talk about art imitating life or life imitating art. Yeah. Uh, given what happened to, to Naaman's character. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say like, was that added before or after? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, they, they, they just, uh, they just took the camera and, uh, they, they, it was intentional. Yeah. They just CGI, uh, Miles Teller to, to Chazelle's head. That's for, for the rec- for the record, that's a joke, uh, to the audience at home. All of this, by the way, is libel, libelous are facts here. Um, uh, Chazelle's interpretation of the fate of Andrew Naaman following the ending of Whiplash is somewhat bleak. According to an interview Chazelle gave to Screen Crush, uh, Chazelle believes Naaman will end up broke, drunk, and dead at the age of 34, like his hero, the real-life drummer Charlie Parker. So yeah, I I, I uh, think it, 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 it's, it, that's probably what's going to happen at the after the end of the movie, yeah. uh, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's also quite funny because... Uh, the the real Charlie Parker, um, notoriously claimed to not practice, mm. uh, and like like a lot of the stories they tell like are are a very twisted perception uh, of of what actually happened with him, and so I, I I just think that's a really interesting like character choice with both Fletcher and Naaman. Um and 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 how they look up to this this idealized version of him and are satisfied with the look sort of the the potential terrible end um but they've also like completely ignored a lot of the parts of him um that are probably more human yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. just so long as you're good at your job <laughs> Uh, your passion that everything else is worth it absolutely i think that's probably like an honest representation of how some fans of his probably like feel about his work now you know it's like they may maybe they look into his life and maybe they look into the struggle or the things he actually said but i'm sure there's plenty of people that are just there for the what they get from him from his talent and what he's remembered for and that's the they dream up some version of him that is is felt within his music yeah like many other stars that we've lost and so i think that um 
film-wise, like, I, I'm sure there's some people that would be, you know, like, um, those facts aren't right, or there's stuff that they left out about him, or they're doing, they're doing an injustice, they're making something up, and, and, you know, like, after you mentioned that, I feel like if he really is just another fan of his in the movie, then it would make sense that he's got some dream version of him that he talks about and represents in the movie. So I think that's pretty cool. Again, another example of really brilliant writing and understanding the character. Yeah. Well, and it, it's also like a really interesting look at like, I mean, talking about that ending again, the people we idolize as, as being the peak of their professions. Mm. Right? Michael Jordan, for example, is notoriously, was notoriously difficult uh, in many different ways like scamming his own teammates out of money by like pre-recording horse races um, and then playing them when they came over, which is a ridiculous thing to do. Um, or, you know, um, Cristiano Ronaldo in, in football, or I guess they hear they'd call it soccer. Um, and and a, a lot of people who are who achieve that level of success can be not very nice people and, and not, they're a particular brand of driven. Um, I'm sure, you know, there's plenty in the entertainment industry. Uh, and again, it doesn't, it doesn't say this is right or wrong, but it's a, it's a, it's a, a really good, good. I always find that a particularly interesting thing about right, right? Like, do you have to be this sort of selfish monster or at least somewhat of a brick to become that good at what you want to uh yeah and i and, and like i personally don't believe that is the case but the you know the movie doesn't even ask that question it asks okay if that was the case would it be worth it come this it i don't know sorry i'm rambling but it's my feeling about about that question is that uh, you don't you, you, there are there is such a thing as a talented asshole, but you don't you do not have to be an asshole to be talented. Um, you, you know, um, my feeling about it is you just have to be have to just be a little different in some way. Uh, that's that's kind of why they pay us, or they, not me, but uh, that's kind of why they uh, why people look for talent is because they have a talent that's different from other people. Uh, and so that means that person's different from others. I, I gotta say there are some parallels to this and filmmaking, this movie and filmmaking, because it's kind of like, uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing that people side on to my films because they like working with me, which is very nice. It's a huge compliment. And at the same time, it, it, I, I feel kind of selfish because I'm like, okay, everybody, we're going to spend the next few months on my idea and it's going to be totally worth it. Like that, that takes ego right there. And, uh, and so, and usually it ends up working out. And so that, and, but also shows great faith and trust. Anyway, my point being is I love you all. <laughs> we love you back, Andrew. Thank you. Absolutely. And <laughs> um, it's interesting, right? Like on that point, like, yes, everyone's signing up to make your vision, but it's also theirs, right? Like, it, it, you know, okay, let's take, like, set decoration, right? And the, the set decorator. 
like they have a very specific idea that they'll come, you know, that they'll that they'll bring to it, and they'll they'll be working to make their best version of what they do. Um, I, like I like I maybe this is idealistic, but like I like to think that everyone like has that thing they're really excited about that they're trying to like get right, and film is basically finding a bunch of people who can match that up together. Uh, yeah, what a miracle it is, right? You get that many people together to create the same vision. It's like, yeah, it's insane because I hate people. Um, <laughs> like, people are scary and terrifying and ang- anxiety-inducing, and I'm just not great at the uh, like at. Yeah, I get nervous and things like that, and or just ang- anxious and collaborative. I can get stressed and all of this, all of these things, um, and yet. If you have this thing that you're trying to get to, it almost makes it easier because everyone, you know, everyone's pushing and wants to do, wants to create something awesome. Um, yeah. And outside, I got to see your guys' short film, by the way. I really enjoyed it. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. I, I forgot to email you and, and let you know that I looked at it, but I, I did really enjoy it. You heard it here, folks. Mikhail Egelhofer recommends A New Life for Anna. Uh, on the Independent Creo Studios YouTube channel, like and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. It's uh, professional recognition. This is awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the final film, Whiplash, was a, a success, winning both the Audience Award and U.S. Grand Jury Prize at the Sundance Film Festival 2014, as well as earning $49 million at the box office. Damien Giselle finally had the interest in investors to make the musical script into a film, La La Land. Mikhail, Ariana, closing thoughts on Whiplash. Uh, Absolutely a fantastic movie. If you're into dramas or intense um, small stories, it's absolutely worth it. And it deserved all the recognition it got. It's beautifully acted, amazingly written, and it's just, it's very intense to watch. <laughs> It'll yes. definitely distract anybody who's trying to do something else. <laughs> I, uh, you'll be a little greedy. Um, and say a couple of things. Please do. Uh, thank you. I think one, Whiplash is a really excellent example that you can do something incredibly different that no one believes in. And if you can just get the right, people on board um and and find a way to get to the point like put it in front of these people you can get it made uh no one wanted to make a jazz drummer film and then he made a short and then he got given 3.8 million was it uh 3.3 million and turned very little money right essentially for for hollywood into to one of my favorite films ever um and so i think it's it's something to be said for like it can be quite demoralizing at least for me on the screenwriting side when you when you hear oh the script's not mainstream enough or this script's not hitting this audience enough and then sometimes that's true and sometimes things you know need to be a little bit more open but but at other times it's just maybe it's not the person who's read it yet um and i think that is awesome um, and secondly, I think 
I mean, this was this was his what? It was his second feature. Yeah, second feature, nineteen days, three point three million budget. I mean, like all of that is bonkers. Uh, it's, it's completely nuts, and uh, is exactly what filmmaking is about. And I think that's so cool. Um, and so if that if that can be done, if that film can be made in nineteen days, and then I think it was like edited in like twenty something or less maybe even that's the shocking part to me yeah yeah the whole thing was like 40 something days or 50 days which that's nothing that's it's, 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 it's ludicrous it's it's i kept sorry i'm stutter um i do too i i cannot i cannot imagine the amount of stress and pressure and all of that and so it's it's just so cool i'm, I'm rambling but it's just so cool. And if you haven't seen the movie, uh, to anyone listening, please go see it. Um, I would be surprised if you hadn't, or uh, but definitely check it out. <laughs> okay. Mikhail, last question for you. What do you have to promote? Uh, yeah, I so at the moment, I am in post-production on an episode of a web series I was in the writing room for. Um, the title is still not out yet. So, <laughs> I think people can find me on on Twitter. M i c h a i l e g g s. Um, so at Mikhail Eggs or on Instagram at m i c h a i l underscore a underscore e. Listeners, if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, feel free to shoot us an email at independentcareerstudios at gmail dot com. If you like this episode, please write a review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube. We'd love to hear your feedback. Behind the Flicks was created by myself and Ariana. I researched, wrote, and edited this episode. My name is Aaron Gentile. This has been an Independent Career Studios production. Although J.K. Simmons would stay on to play Fletcher in the feature film, Andrew Neiman, uh, what, Neiman? It's Neiman, technically. But I thought it was Neiman, too, this whole time. But he's right. He does say it differently in the beginning. Take three. (laughs) Although J.K. Simmons would stay on to play Fletcher in the feature film, Andrew Andrew Neiman, Neiman? Neiman. Neiman. Take four. Although J.K. Simmons, it's very hot in this room, guys. I can't have the window open for sad reasons. Yes, I'm here.